0: It is Tuesday, August eighteenth, 2020, and you are listening to The Federalist Forum, a constitutional think tank for every patriotic American. Today on The Federalist Forum, I'm going to share a personal story about a recent confrontation with the mob. We'll talk about the Trump administration's financial commitment to diversity, and the crazy, overblown, and factually inaccurate Democrat narrative about Trump downsizing the Postal Service. That and more coming up next on The Federalist Forum. Good evening. I am your host, Tom, and thank you for tuning into the Federalist Forum, a podcast that's become a popular resource for conservative truth and activism, a podcast where we dissect the insanity of the leftist agenda of obstruction and prove them wrong by using their very own sources in so many instances. This past week, I had a bit of a frustrating altercation. For most people, it would have been a frightening altercation, even terrifying. It's the type of encounter that's become the signature of the left. The one where they get in groups and bully people and spew a bunch of hyperbolic nonsense that isn't rooted in truth. I was basically ambushed while walking my dog. A couple of people behind me yelling at me that I'm a racist, among other things. Uh, I stopped, tried to ask questions and get some dialogue going. I figure that would level the mood and really what's better than dialogue. I mean, that's what they want, right? To be heard? To exchange ideas? No, of course not. In this case, they just started up with the Trump blah blah nonsense and then pivoted into ambiguous tangents, becoming louder and more aggressive when it was clear to them that I wasn't going to back down. And I will never back down. I finally said, I'm done here, and I started walking away with my dog. The one continued to follow with his great Dane, hollering at me about being a racist some more. And I said, again, please, I'm done with this conversation. I'm taking my dog home. And he kept at it. My dog was pressed right up against me, clearly sensing my angst along with his own and my dog is a 135 pound uh, three-year-old German Shepherd very solid very protective very loyal and you know as this guy kept walking at me it took everything I had to not just unleash the dog and stand my ground physically but I know and we all know that I would have been the one sitting in the back of a squad car if I had done that right I mean it's always those of us who are defending ourselves or standing up to these radical thugs we are the ones who end up in trouble. It seems in our current times, laws only apply to victims, not those who are actually breaking the law. I was so pissed that I was shaking when this was all going down. You know, and I, I was pissed because these are the same type of people who do this to the elderly and other individuals who are easily intimidated and won't or can't stand up for themselves like I will. I was pissed because they scream about tolerance while behaving aggressively intolerant. I was pissed because I served for this country. I fought for this country where half of them have no respect for anyone else's rights. I actually signed my ass on the line to physically stand up for everyone's voice with equality with my life. And people like this want to try and strong arm me of all people into silence. I was pissed because now I have to worry about them confronting my daughter Or the next time they confront me there's six or eight or ten of them just egging me on to cross the line. This is today's Democratic Party. Bottom feeders. Bullies and intolerant assholes. And it's only going to get worse as the election approaches and even beyond. But I won't be intimidated. I won't stop speaking up and I won't go away. This is my country. This is our country. And it's time to take it back from these cowards and thugs. You know, much of that incident escalated by the baseless shouts of Trump hating people of color and only standing up for Israel. Just a bunch of nonsense. Absolutely ridiculous assertions that Trump gives more money to Israel than every other country. Combined. Well first, foreign aid didn't start with the Trump administration. The State Department has been providing foreign aid for decades and decades. But the statements of these idiots were worth their attention, so I've since investigated to look at the real facts of foreign aid. And to start, we give roughly three billion to Israel, but that's opposed to fifty seven billion we give to the rest of the world. And ironically, if you break it all out, we give one third of our entire foreign aid more than twenty billion dollars a year. To countries in Africa alone. If you add to that countries in Southwest Asia and countries in Central and South America, all predominantly non-white countries, more than 75% of all foreign aid goes to countries whose overwhelming population are people of color. There are 55 countries in Africa, and we give foreign aid to 51 of them in the amount of $20 billion. Israel isn't even at the top of the list for individual countries. Combined, we give more than double that amount to Iraq and Afghanistan. Democrats like to call Trump the world's most prolific racist as he orders his State Department to spend 75% of our entire foreign aid budget on people of color around the world. They call him a sexist as he hunts down terrorists around the world who are raping and killing women in these countries. They call him a xenophobe as he announces the first peace accord between Israel and an Arab nation in more than 25 years. The agreement that Trump brokered between Israel and the United Arab Emirates was the first one since Jordan recognized Israel in 1994. Prior to that, it was Egypt in 1979. This is a historic victory for the entire world, and one worthy of the Nobel Peace Prize. In fact, so many things Trump's done would qualify him for one. But because he makes the left look foolish, doing their job and his, with just about everything he does, then a like that is unlikely to ever happen. And that kind of brings me to my next point, the do-nothing Congress. What are we paying them to do? Congress gets 18 weeks off, 90 days, 3 months. They get 3 months off. Why? They don't seem to be earning it. They seem to have been on permanent vacation for 4 years except for investigating Trump. Now, Congress makes $174,000 a year. That's $83 an hour. But if you consider their actual working time, just 9 of the 12 months, It comes out to close to $128 an hour, $128 an hour, not to legislate, not to utilize the people's committees with legitimacy, not to stay within the bounds of a three-branch government function, $128 an hour to force the president into executive actions by their inaction, and then to force the judiciary to legislate on their behalf. $128 $128 an hour to steal from the taxpayers as they weaponize congressional committees not for the good intentions of the American people but for their selfish personal political agendas. $128 an hour to pander to radical social media base that only represents about 3% of their entire political base, ignoring the 97% of their base that they are supposed to represent and act with accountability to. You know, in contrast, the American average American makes $27 an hour and averages about three weeks or 15 days of vacation a year, $128 an hour for Congress. But they want to cut funding to those in law enforcement and the military, while increase funding for those who contribute very little to society and to violent criminals. They just legislated themselves a pay increase back in January of this year, by the way, which was an additional uh, 2.8%, I believe. It's just gross. Hey, I want to jump into this ridiculous new narrative real quick uh, that the Democrats are pushing regarding Trump ripping mailboxes out of the ground, basically, and as if this is some sinister plan. Mail drop boxes have been getting removed because they are obsolete, just like pay funds. In September 2016, the U.S. Postal Service Inspector General noted that nationally, the number of collection boxes declined by more than 12,000 in the past five years. So that was... From 20, 2009 to two thousand nine to twenty sixteen, this means that the USPS during the Obama Biden administration removed thousands of mail collection boxes. Was this a diabolical plan by Obama and Biden to suppress the vote in twenty twenty? Did Trump make them do that? You know, in fact, there's an article from twenty fifteen. We're not on our site. Uh, it's post save office dot com, I believe, and the article was titled where have all the blue boxes gone? The article states that 15 years ago, uh, there were almost 400,000 collection boxes in the country, and now there are fewer than 160,000 of them, and the number goes down every year. In fact, according to the uh, Postal Operations Manual, since 2011, the current policy is that if a mailbox isn't seeing an average of 25 pieces a day, the Postal Service may remove it. But even then, removal of a box is made on a case-by-case basis and low volume boxes are still kept if they are the only means of sending mail in certain areas. So The United States Postal Service has been trying to save money long before Trump was in office and the strategic placement and removal of collection boxes is part of that. This isn't about a plot to undermine the United States Postal Service. If Trump was trying to sabotage the 2020 election by removing collection boxes, then I guess Obama and Biden were trying to do the same thing when they were removing them at a rate of almost 60 per day uh, for their eight years in office. But we know this isn't about sa- Trump sabotaging an election. It's about Democrats wanting to rig an election with massive voter fraud and illegitimate votes. They want us, they want this to drag on in the courts. And I, I part of me really thinks and I don't get into these conspiracy theories, but I almost think tr- Democrats truly want to force an issue where there's no concrete decision. By inauguration time so that they can shout at their base that, see, we told you Trump won't leave. Um, it's, it's all very disturbing and it's all very obvious to anyone with eyes, ears and a fully functioning frontal lobe. I, I tell you, I would like to find the transcript of the DNC speeches by the Democrats this week because at an event where they should be focusing on pumping up Joe Biden, they are spending a week just offering free advertising for Trump. I've heard his name probably 50 times for every time Biden's name is mentioned. They can't help themselves. And it's that derangement and that exact obsession with Trump that will backfire in them in 2020, just like it did in 2016. They haven't learned anything from their past mistakes, but it's much like the cities in ruin that they lead. Learning from their mistakes clearly isn't high on the skills and aptitudes list among Democrats. That's why they fail over and over and over again, and then they yell when somebody else has to finally do their job for them. Hey, that is all I have for today. Listen to me again coming up this Friday. Please share this with your friends if you find it valuable. Subscribe and leave me a review if you would be so kind. And feel free to follow up and engage with me on Parler. P-A-R-L-E-R is the website. My handle is at B.S and uh, you can also reach me on my email at exposingliberalbs at gmail.com Friends, it is time for all of us to passionately take action and we the people have a proud history of doing just that. You've been listening to the Federalist Forum. Thank you for your listenership and for your patriotism as we fight together to preserve the founding principles of our constitutional republic. Until next time, Sapientia es potentia. Wisdom is power.